Good morning, everyone. We are so glad that all of you are here, and if you're visiting with us today, welcome to New Hope. We're really thankful that you're part of our family today. Um, we hope we have your information if you haven't done so yet. Um, we have a good-looking crowd out there and even the noisy ones up front, so we're so thankful for every single one of you. Um, we have some announcements from some girls up here, if you'd like to come on up. I think we're starting with, I don't know. It is a craft night coming up next Saturday, March 25th at 5 o'clock. The youth and children are raising funds for summer camp. Sign-ups are located on the table outside the office and on the New Hope, New Hope Facebook page. The cost is $40. This includes the cost of the craft of your choice. The, uh, on the sign-up page, please be sure to include the number of crafts, the number of crafts you would like to create. Good morning. The Senior Adult Banquet is next Sunday, March 26th at 5.30. If you have not already RSVP'd, please do that today. You may either contact Susan Spencer or Angie Chambers, as well as any of the ACT teens. The ACT teens want to be prepared for you to have a wonderful night of food, entertainment, and fellowship. Come enjoy our 50s theme event. So, in other words, next weekend is full of exciting things at New Hope. So just don't forget the craft night and the senior adult banquet. It's going to be wonderful. Um, and tonight, today, this 4.30 today is the first hour of prayer for New Hope. Um, I encourage you to, it's going to be each Sunday that we are here with worship on Sunday nights. And I just pray today throughout this whole day that God moves you to get up and get out here and come and pray in the sanctuary. Um, of course, how awesome would it be if, the same people that are here this morning showed up at 4.30 to pray together, and even more. Um, it's one hour of prayer that could change everything. And I could give you examples and stories and more and more and more stories than we have time for of what God does through prayer and intentional prayer and long prayer and, and prayer where, like I said last week, where you feel uncomfortable in times, but that is what we should do. We should humble ourselves before God and commit to seeking what he wants from our church and our members and our lives. So please come out and join me and everyone who will be here tonight for that. Don't forget to check your bulletin for all the upcoming things because we have so much going on soon in the spring. All right, and let's go to our Father in prayer now. Father God, creator of the universe, giver of life from first moment of conception till final breath, provider of all things that we need and love that is undeserved, forgiveness that is undeserved, but you provide us with all of that. You give us hope and peace and joy in times that people that don't know you cannot understand. And we are truly thankful for that, God. And I pray over each person in this congregation, young, old, and all in between, Lord, that you will lead us to seek you in every moment. That we seek to, to be like you, to understand your words, to treat others the way that you treated them, 
and teach us to treat them. And I pray, Lord, that you prepare our sanctuary for worship this morning, that you you were already here for us. You were already with us always. Your presence is nonstop. It's continual. And our enemies are always around us. But you are with us in the presence of our enemies. And I thank you for that, God. And I pray over each person as they leave after this, Lord, that you will guide them to, to keep you close to them. That they will seek you in ways that they never have before. And I, I pray for Pastor Russ, Lord, that you will protect him as he delivers your word. Because the enemy surrounds him and his family in ways that we cannot imagine. Because he is called by you, God, to deliver your message. And I pray over him and his family and Melody as she leads us in worship with the enemy all around. But you are our strength and our protection and our father. And it is in your name that we will always pray, God. Amen. going to be talking about the, the fruit of the Spirit and being fruitful today. And uh, in addition to your bulletin, there is a handout uh, that is in the back. I don't know if you picked it up or not on the way in. There were some at the front and back. Uh, just going into some more detail about the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, some of that will be talked about here, but there are a number of scripture references that we won't mention this morning that are on the, uh, on the handout as well. So Make sure you pick up one of those on the way out if you didn't pick one up already. But uh, 
Is it going to be spring or winter? We just don't know, do we? Uh, one day it's cold and one day it's hot and it's just over and over again. And you know, that's part of the, the problem around here. We were, um, this week, you got here early in the morning and had to cut the heat on and had to cut the air on by the time you left in the afternoon. But, you know, it's, it's spring is almost here and, and riding around, you know, by Lowe's and some of the nurseries are around town, we began seeing the the flowers and plants and, and trees that are being put out are ready for people to, to pick up and start putting in their yards and um, just some beautiful plants uh, as we get ready to head into spring and summer. And as I was thinking about the, the, the message today and thinking about, I saw some, some trees at, at one place and they were apple trees and I started thinking, you know, the, the, a good apple farmer thinks about um, not only his harvest, but his orchard, not just what comes off, but the, but the totality of, of everything that he has. And so his two great concerns is the, is the size and the quality of his harvest and then the, the shape and condition of his orchard, of his trees. And when you think about being an, an apple farmer or, or, or a, a farmer of, of fruit trees like that, fruit trees need other trees to be productive. I started thinking about that, and you know what? We need the fellowship of other believers to be productive. Uh, we need the fellowship of other believers in the church um, to stay healthy. Uh, they need lots of sunlight. We need a lot of God's sun, don't we? Trees are susceptible to disease and pests, and, and we're all uh, have a deadly disease called sin, and our biggest pest is Satan, isn't it? And trees need to be pruned regularly and cut back re regularly. And, and we learned last week that, that God does that. He, he prunes us so that we will bear much fruit. And so today we're going to look at the spiritual condition of, of Christians in Galatians chapter 5. If you want to turn there, we'll be there in, in just a moment, but... But to think about the quality and the, uh, and our, of our spiritual fruit and the condition of our branch or who we are as a branch or the condition of our life. And so as we look into Paul's letter to the church of Galatia, we see that he uses the term fruits of the Spirit or, or excuse me, fruit of the Spirit. And, and he says in verse 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And last week we, we, we looked at John chapter 15 and, and Jesus giving the parable of the, of the vine and the branches. He didn't specifically use the term fruit of the Spirit, but He talked about the branches bearing fruit. And so we're going to tie those two together this morning and and we saw how last week how Christians are to progress in their production or being productive with their fruit to moving from some fruit to more fruit to much fruit. From last week it, it, in John chapter 15 verse 5, in John chapter 15 verse 5 from last week he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Remember, God was the vine dresser, God was the gardener, Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches. And he says, if, 
you remain in me and I in you, if we stay connected to Christ and His Word and His teaching and His, in the fellowship with Him, it says you will bear how much? Much fruit. You'll bear much fruit. But if you don't do that, if you don't abide in me, if you don't stay connected to me, how much are you going to produce? Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so it's clear to all of us that spiritual fruit is evidence of our connectedness with Christ and being at one with Christ. And so bearing real, authentic spiritual fruit happens when we're surrendered to Christ, when we're abiding in Christ, when we're living the life God created us to live. And so in essence, the fruit of the Spirit is the character of Christ being lived out and played out and being on display in our, in our life. We know that, that the unbeliever will not and cannot produce good fruit. Because they don't have the Holy Spirit. The unbeliever is not led by the Holy Spirit. The unbeliever is led by their own fleshly desires and the desires of the world. And, and so as a result, an, an unbeliever produces that, that Hobby Lobby fruit that we talked about last week. And, and they can produce bad fruit or rotten fruit or false fruit, artificial fruit. How y'all like this, my, my little fruit display when I went to the market and picked up some stuff? You know, I love, I told Mo, don't ever buy green grapes. Buy the red grapes because they're the best. Because you see, I mean, the green grapes in particular, well, that's a plastic grape. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm. But then you know you, you you've got you've got apples here, and you know this one's a this one's getting kind of wrinkled. It's kind of old, okay, and, and so it's about to go bad. But this is a nice looking fruit. This is a nice looking apple. Anybody, Charles, you want it? I don't think you want it because it's got a really bad rotten hole in the back but it looks good doesn't it it looks good and i bet if you were to bite into that that'd be some more nasty wouldn't it <laughs> but it looks good now here's one you might like it, it it doesn't have any any rotten fruit on it but it's plastic <laughs> enjoy that for lunch today okay <laughs> And so all different kinds of fruit, and that's like it is with the unbeliever. Some of it might be rotten, some of it might be bad, or some of it might be a, a, a artificial fruit. That looks pretty good there. This pear looks pretty good, but again, it's, it's rotten. So we never know, do we? But God's Word says that, that we will know his disciples by their fruit. And so are we producing good, real fruit or artificial or rotten fruit? Have we surrendered our life to Christ? Are we living, are we trying to produce that fruit 
in our life. You see, Galatians chapter 5, we find that where Paul describes two kinds of, uh, of fruit that can be born uh, of, of, of the branch. It's either the fruit of the flesh or the fruit of the, of the Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 16 through 18, It says, so I live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the, to the Spirit, and the Spirit is contrary to what is, is contrary to the sinful nature. <clears throat> they are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And so listen to the clear distinction between the, the fruit born of the flesh and the fruit born of the Spirit, verse 19. It says, The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, faction, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so the idea of this explanation is that Paul, for Paul, is that those who continue in sin, those who continue in an unrepentant lifestyle, those who can continue to, to live life by the world, he says, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Like we saw last week, you will be, you'll be gathered up and thrown into the fire, into the pits of hell. But then he says in, in verses uh, uh, 22 and following you know if, if we confess our sins and, and repent and turn from our sin then we allow ourselves to be forgiven and to be led by the Holy Spirit and will be welcome into the kingdom of God he says in verse 22 you just heard the difference I what, what a person living by the world lives, the things that they're involved in now, he goes on in verse 22 and he says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, and pay attention, that's not plural. It's the fruit of the Spirit. So all of these together make, make up the fruit of the Spirit. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have, have crucified the sinful nature with its passion and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, uh, uh, provoking and envying each other. This is the good and desirable fruit. This is what God wants us to be about. God wants these characteristics displayed in our life, not living a life as we saw in, in, in verses 19 through, through 21. And so I want to take a, look, a little closer look at each of these fruits and see what, see what they mean. Um, again, you can refer to your handout if you have them. Uh, again, they're in the back if you want to pick one up on the way out. But... The first one is love. It's not a feeling or an emotion. 
It's a commitment to, to, to seek the highest good in other people without condition. That's to love. In 1 Corinthians 13, it's called the love chapter, isn't it? And, and Paul tells us that the most important Christian value among faith, hope, and love is what? It's love. The next fruit is joy. And this is a, an inner gladness received from God that's not based on, on the things of the world or the circumstances that you're going through. And so don't confuse that with worldly happiness. Don't confuse that with spiritual joy because only the Lord can give you true joy. The world can give you periodic happiness, but the Lord gives us joy. We talked about peace, number three. It's a commitment uh, or a contentment with ourself of what's going on. It's a contentment knowing that, that God is in control, that God is a sovereign God that, that, that has everything. He looks down and says, I got this, Russ. I got this for you. I'm in control. And it may not all be good, but God's in control. And in the end, it's going to be for the good. God is always going to work things out for us, for the goodness of, of His purposes. In John 16, 33, in John 16, 33, Jesus said, I've told you these things so that in me you, have, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. You will have trouble. You will have difficulty. You will have trials. You will have persecution. But he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. He has overcome and conquered death. God raised Jesus from the grave and gives him, and gives, because of that, gives us hope of eternity. And because of that, we can have peace in our hearts knowing that God will one day bring us home. You know, a lot of people in this world are, are searching for peace, aren't they? They long for peace. They desire peace. It may be something that our heart desperately craves, but it's so hard to find in the world. In fact, you cannot find it in the world. It can only be found in Christ and surrendered to Christ. The fourth one is patience. How many of you have problems with patience? <laughs> you know, it's, it's been said, don't, don't pray for patience because you'll be put in, in times where, you, where you'll be tested with patience. But patience is the, is the ability to restrain from speaking and acting hastily. This is something that we've all just said, most all of us struggle with, is patience. But you know what? We, we live in a world that, that has geared our, our attitude toward, I want it now, i got to have it now. It's, a, it's the instant gratification world that we live in. You know, it's, it's, you text somebody, you know, you used to have to dial the phone and wait on the dial to go back and dial and, and then it was punching, you know, the whole numbers, the nine digits, and then now all you got to do is hit one button to call somebody. And now not even that, because, you know, the best way for, to, to, to get in touch with somebody is to text them, because there's a 93% open rate on text messages. 
And so you know that they'll let it go to the answer machine, but there's a really good chance if you text them, they're going to answer back real quick. And so most of our conversations are being geared towards text messaging. Not good, but that's the way it's going. Because we want, we want to answer now. We've got to drive through restaurants. We want it now. Burger King, have it your way. You know, we want it now. We, we want to be satisfied and gratified right now. And so when we're put on hold, if you call AT&T or Spectrum, <laughs> you get your patience tested, don't you? Kindness. You see, oftentimes when you're talking with customer service on companies like that, your kindness is tested too. Because you often want to lash out at them, don't you? That means being sweet and tender and, and, and merciful. Being friendly with others and putting others at ease. That's being kind. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. It's a selflessness that, that's more generous to others than they deserve. Being more generous to somebody than they deserve. Faithfulness is being one that, that, that somebody can trust, that you're, 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 being, you're dependable and, and loyal. David wrote in Psalm 36, 5, he says, Your love, Lord, reaches to the heavens and your faithfulness to the skies. That's the God that we serve. He's always faithful. And then Paul describes two final spiritual gifts, gentleness and self-control. Gentleness is the, it's a humble and, and non-threatening nature about us. This demeanor comes from a position of of strength and authority, but it's not to be confused with weakness or, or being weak. It's a gentleness. And then number nine is self-control. It's pretty self-explanatory, isn't it? Self-control. Control your emotions and, and your actions. And being, being disciplined enough to carry out God's will in your life instead of Pursuing your own desires and your own wills and your own agenda. Being controlled enough to put what God wants for you first and putting what we want second. Again, we, we, we see that the spiritual fruit of patience and self-control are, are two of the hardest characteristics in life to, to, to conquer. You know, the world wants us to to instigate a response. They want something now. They want something from you right now without giving us time to, to, to prayerfully consider how we're going to respond or, or how we're going to answer in a difficult situation. They want it now. They, and so they, they provoke us to answering and so many times we don't hold back or step back. And so that gentleness and self-control doesn't come forth. Something we need to practice day in and day out. Where we're showing and demonstrating the, the patience and control 
uh, self-control in our life along with the other fruit of the spe- fruits of the Spirit. You know, just as there are different kind of apples, different varieties of apples, you know, they, they, they have different looks, different tastes, different uses. You know, some are, are, are grown for, you know, they're, they're good for baking pies. You know, others are, are, are good for, you know, you got the sweet ones and the sour ones and everywhere in between. And so they all have different forms and different, different tastes and looks and uses, 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 and they're made for different purposes. And that's just as true as it is with the fruit of the Spirit. You see, each one of those is, while they're independent and, and you've got love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, while they're all independent, they all work together to form the fruit of the Spirit. As Paul describes there in in Galatians chapter 5. And so the the essence, again, again, the essence of the fruit of the Spirit is is a character of Christ on display in our life. And we're going to look some more of that tonight, and we're going to do a whole other study on the fruits of the Spirit tonight. But as we recalled earlier, a person will either produce good fruit or rotten fruit or uh, the artificial Hobby Lobby fruit. We're either a good branch or a, or a good tree. We're either a bad branch or a tree or a dead branch or tree. Matthew twelve thirty three says, Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. You know, the apple farmer, he goes out and he prunes his trees, he fertilizes them, he waters them, make sure they have all of that to make sure that his trees are good so they'll produce the, a good quality harvest and an abundant harvest. Make a tree good and its fruit will be good or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. In Luke chapter 6 verse 43, Through 45, Luke speaks here further about the, the good and bad fruit. And he says in verse 43, No good tree bears bad fruit. If we're walking in the Spirit, if we're living according to God's teachings and, and abiding in Him, if we are a good tree, we're going to produce good fruit. We're not going to produce bad fruit. He said, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. The hoodlum down the road can't produce good fruit. An unsaved, unregenerate person cannot produce good fruit. It might look good, but it's artificial. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. Do not pick fig, you do not pick, people do not pick figs from a thorn bush or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. Here it is. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So whatever is in your heart 
is going to come out of your mouth. So just as a sick and dying tree will bear, bear bad fruit or worldly fruit, people who are, who are dead to sin or, or, or living in sin, they're, they're prone to the sexual immorality, the impurity, the, the hatred, the jealousy, the discord, among other things. But those who are born of the Spirit, those whose hearts have been made alive in, in Christ, they naturally produce the good fruit that we talked about. The love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's who the believer is made up of. That's what comes out of them. And when we display that fruit in our life, it gives evidence that the Holy Spirit is truly working in our life. And when we're bearing the spiritual fruit, we're living the life that God created us to live. In Galatians chapter 5, uh, five verse 25, Paul teaches the, the Galatians to, to walk by the Spirit or to be led by the Spirit or to walk in step with the Spirit. When I read that, I began thinking about uh, <clears throat> the marching band. How many of you have ever, how many of you have been in the band, played in the band? A good number. And, and so I'm just amazed to watch the band move up and down the field, in step, in sync with each other, all while playing their instrument, making beautiful music. Man, I'd be tripping over myself, and I can't play an instrument anyway, so it wouldn't be beautiful. But I'm amazed at how every step is in formation. Every step is in sync with, with each other. What if... Just one of those band members got out of line. What if they got out of step? You might see them doing a double step trying to get back in place, trying to get caught back up. But that line wouldn't be straight anymore, would it? The circle that they were making wouldn't be round anymore, would it? They may have to drop off playing their instrument to get focused on what they're doing again. And so they're not walking in step with each other and it would ultimately look like chaos or a, certainly a bad performance. Let me ask you this. What does our performance with Christ look like? Are we walking in, in step with Him? Are we walking in His footsteps? I said to, to be in step to be in step with God. You know, if you're, if you're walking with somebody, Mo and I, and, and, and took, took all the kids and grandkids, and there, we went to a, on a walk yesterday, first time in months, okay? And we were holding hands, Mo and I were, but you've you got to be in the same stride, don't you? Or one hand's going up and the other one's going back. And, it's, and so we were walking in step with each other. And when you're walking in step with each other, you don't walk ahead of the person or, or lag behind the person, though I did so. You're walking in step. And so what Paul is telling us here that since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Walking as He walks calls us and, and, and following His lead in our life. This morning, 
<clears throat> as we close, I want you to, as we sing our hymn of invitation, Holy Spirit rain down. Maybe your prayer today would be just the Lord, take my life and order my steps that I might be in step with you in every aspect of my life. God, help me to walk in harmony with, with your plan and your purpose for my life. Because you see, when we're walking in step with the Holy Spirit, when we're walking in, in step with God, we're going to produce some fruit and more fruit, and ultimately we're going to produce much fruit. And when we're producing much spiritual fruit, and we're living for Christ, then we are being who God created us to be. May it be our prayer today that we walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Walk in step with His plan and His purpose for our life. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, as we think about these different characteristics that are displayed through Christ, God, help us to be more like Him today. In each of those attributes, God, that we would do away with trying to live our life for the world. That God, that You would take away that desire of us to live for the world and in the world. But God, we pray this morning that we would indeed walk in step with you. That we would walk in harmony with you. Being obedient to you. God, hear our hearts and prayers today. For we want to live out your purpose and your will in our life. And so, Lord, help us to be fruitful so we can be the people you've called us to be. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
就不